Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Well, hello, Ryan. How are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. Good to be back here with you. Well, it's uh, great to uh, have another episode, and today we're going to talk about measuring growth. Uh, One of the key areas in an agency is knowing if you're growing or not, organic growth, acquisition growth. But what does it mean to actually measure growth, and, and what is that? We've got a few ideas, at least, to start talking about. What, what do you think? Well, I think first, you know, we, we've got to identify why we're growing, right? One of, one of the main purposes to grow an agency is to increase the capabilities of that, to retain good staff, to keep bringing people on board. And so, you know, all these agencies that we're talking to today, growth is a huge component of it. And the way they look at it traditionally has been that new business, right? That's that's what they looked at in the past is so, so heavily is what did you sell? You know, and then they pay on what did they sell? So for me today, we've got to look at multiple faucets. You got to look at new, you got to look at kept, and you got to look at lost. So explain that a little bit. Uh, certainly retention, you know, retained business is something we've talked, you say kept, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously lost business, business has for whatever reason gone away. So let's take a few minutes to talk about each one of those. So new business certainly, as you indicated, is typically what is measured. Mm-hmm. And it's getting harder and harder to actually grow, it seems like at least, for some agencies. So what, what are you seeing? I I agree with that. I think that more and more agencies are being asked to do more and more, and the smaller organizations have a harder time keeping up with those capabilities. I think we need to define new, retained, and lost. From my my perspective, new is business that we have today that we did not have yesterday. Retained or kept business is business that we had yesterday that we still have today. And lost business is business that we had yesterday and we don't have today. If you can start thinking of it like that, it starts to make your ability to to understand retention overall and each one of those buckets uh, a, a little more effective, I think. Yeah, I agree. And when we talk about measuring that growth, even new business, how do we actually measure that? Now, obviously, we bring in an account that we didn't have before. We book that revenue, whatever that is, into our system. So that is an indication of new business, right? But what about new business from existing clients? Well, and I think each, each... That gets a little bit more complicated it, now, doesn't it? It does, because, I mean, and each agency handles it a little differently that I've worked with. So, you know, if you're driving new client relationships, and that's what the metric is, add-on coverages is not typically credited as new business. The producer will get paid on that at, at coming in, but... I, I believe that agencies are looking more and more at what relationships are new today and driving that. And so that's how we break that down. You know, starting on one one, we start looking at what relationships do we have that we didn't have before, and that's how we credit our guys with new business. I think the the, the cleaner the delineation that the agency can provide takes that nebulous nature out of it because there's so much conversation about what my book is, how much what, what did I actually grow? So I think if you can, the agencies that can define that more uh, succinctly are better off. Well, and certainly producers have a vested interest in this because 
typically, I think for most agencies, there's a different commission schedule for new business coming in than for retained business or kept business. So they have a vested interest in maximizing right their income based on that. And I, and I think it's interesting when you look at that. I mean, typically that I, I see producers in two or three different lights. You know, you've got the the new producer that comes in that kind of caps out at $500,000 worth of business, right? And if an agency is not operationally awesome, they don't have the support needed to keep the producer out of that book of business and that producer has to be involved with all those retained accounts and, and has to do those renewals. As the agency increases its ability and its sophistication, they can offload more of that process, which is where you see the rise of the AE happen, right? Mm-hmm. AE meaning? Account executive. Account executive, right. You know, a high-level salaried individual, typically on a bonus structure based on uh, growth of an existing book. They, they are really, their sole purpose in life is to retain that account, provide good customer service, and ensure that we have a good back and forth with that client. So let's let's move on to kept business, retained business, renewal business, retention, right? All kinds of different names that we use for that. Mm-hmm. That's a bit harder to measure. It is because I think that, you know, when we look at retention, we being my agency and, and the agencies that I've worked with, you know, you could actually lose a whole lot of money and keep all the clients. That's why I think you have to have a separate bucket for that retained business. Because if, if you're in a soft market, obviously, you could keep everything, but your revenue could be significantly lower. And if you're not driving operational excellence and efficiencies, the profitability will decrease significantly. We certainly, uh, most agencies experienced that in the 2009-10-11 timeframe with the uh, economic problems that we had. I, there was an agency I know in uh, California Big work comp business, they had a million-dollar work comp policy renew at 100000 Yeah. Right? It, Huge. I mean, and again, it retained, but their retained revenue significantly different because of that. The workload didn't decrease. Yes. The, the workload didn't decrease commiserately with the decrease in revenue. When you think about it, agency's whole goal is actually to reduce the premium for their clients. So they're actually trying to make their clients safer, decrease premiums to, to, to provide a valuable relationship to that client. So retention is a, is a difficult thing, but I think if you can say, hey, these are the clients that we had, these are the clients that we have today, and here's the revenue difference, that you're, you're a step in the right direction. So let's talk a little bit again about measuring that. So you've got some different metrics, right, that you could use, or a combination of all of those. You've got revenue, certainly relatively easy to measure, maybe not as accurate, though, as a true picture. You've got policy count, how many policies you have. You've got clients, right? How many clients had a client this year? We don't have it, you know, next year. What's the tool that an agency owner can use to actually better understand where their organization actually is? Well, it comes back to data correctness in a lot of cases. It really does because, you know, originally you'd indicated that booked revenue was a metric that they were using for new business. But if you're using booked revenue, you're looking back. So you have to have uh, some kind of written revenue number that you're aggregating, that you're kind of saying, hey, look, we're sitting in January. We sold a $12,000 policy. That, that's going to expire in December, we hope to collect $12,000 for them. That's business process, business rules, that's educating the staff, that's making normalizing that language. And a lot of times the agencies haven't done that yet. You know, they haven't gone through that practice. I see that as a, as a huge problem in the agency space because 
if you don't know what you're supposed to collect, how do you know if you're getting shorted by the carrier? How do you know that you're collecting the right amount of money? How do you know that, that everything is decreasing? Using booked revenue as a, as a key metric there is very challenging, especially with, as more and more stuff moves to direct bill and it's, that stuff is dripping in over time. Agency bill, it's, it's much easier because you, you invoice the whole thing. Yeah, you I was say thing. you're invoicing it in the system, so the system's tracking, right, all of the your commission income, what's That's due right. to the carrier, et cetera. That goes back then to direct bill tracking and reconciliation, which we'll leave for perhaps another uh, episode to talk about some of the details there, but important in terms of booking or understanding the total revenue that's coming through. You know, in all the different organizations that I talk to, the first thing I ask them is how do they recognize that scenario? I bind an account January 1 that's worth $12,000. Walk me through your process of being able to identify that and the amount of revenue that we expect to collect. But, you know, you have to drill that down and really talk about the business rules on that because it's handled a little bit differently. Well, and certainly our agency management systems don't often recognize changes in policy or account billing during the policy term. That's right. So endorsements. So do you annualize that? Uh, it, again, it gets pretty complicated it in does. terms of having a really accurate number of what does this account look like this year or last year and into this year and what can we reasonably assume in a budget that we're going to have next year. That's why I think if, if you have your estimated revenue, that's what I call that number, right? A lot of people call it written. Um, but if you have that that number that's saying, hey, we're supposed to collect X, I bounce that against what we've already collected, especially on direct bill policies, right? So if I expect to collect $12,000, but by June I've collected $15,000, we've created a mechanism so the account managers see that and they have to go in and correct that because you already know that's a known value. But that means that your estimated revenue has to be correct, you know, and so there's that work that goes in behind that. Okay, so you've got to explain a little bit that you said you've created a mechanism for tracking that and have it visible to the account manager. What does that look like? So it's a dashboard. You know, when our when our account managers, when they open up their systems, they have a dashboard. And on the right-hand side of that dashboard, they have five or six different audits. One of those is called underestimated. So underestimated is a, a bar chart that just says, hey, you have five policies that we've booked this much revenue on that supersedes the amount of estimated revenue. And then they click on that, and it shows them the policies, and they go in and figure out why that is. They correct it, and now everything trues up. Okay. And so when does that estimated revenue number get put into the system? Typically, we, we force them to put a zero in on binding. A lot of times it's about two weeks, three weeks after binding that you actually know the complete picture of it. And then that audit will catch those endorsements, right? So if, if we had a large endorsement that jacked the premium and we didn't change our estimated revenue, they would come in the next day and they would see that that, that changes. Because the agency... <clears throat> uses estimated revenue as a key metric for books of business and uh, everything else. I mean, that's really what we use to determine how we're shifting business, what the producer's value is, and all that jazz. There's just a lot of work put behind that. And is that in the management system? It is. I mean, there is. There is a bucket. There's a, a field or a place to, to put that information. That's right. And, and, and there is one in Epic. There is one in Sajita. There is one in AMS 360. So th there are different places that you can put that. A lot of times it's it's up to the agency to have a consistent workflow around that. And I see a lot of confusion there. That's typically a, a big point of consternation with the account managers as it trickles down from the top. Well, and it really goes back to, and we've talked about this in prior episodes, but 
data management, right? right. Data is really important, and your dashboard now is highlighting differences there. So bit by bit, day by day, that information can be more accurate as it flows up then to management. That's correct. They can have a more accurate or a, a better trust that's right that those numbers are going to be well, I think as you, correct as possible and I think you build engagement I mean you know one of the big things for me for technology as a whole is I'm going to get engaged employees and by showing them what they carry the weight that they hold in the organization what they touch um, our dashboards have where where were you on January 1 and where are you today and and it kind of has lost business new business and retained business in those buckets and so I've had an account manager come into me and say, oh, my gosh, my dashboard's off by $10,000. And they might be rocking a $700,000 book of business. That, that's impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, when that account manager is paying that much attention. And so, you know, there you're using data to help them understand what they need to do. You know, everybody in our organization has a target of 8% net new growth, right? So that's a combination of those three numbers. And we need to be 8% higher than we were the year previous. And so sometimes you get that in retained business on a hard market. The rates are going up. That's right, right. Which which really isn't growth. That's correct. Uh, You know, again, that's where that understanding, what does that growth actually mean? You didn't do anything to actually expand your universe of clients. That's right. Their premiums went up because of external factors. Right. And And there are quite a few of those external factors that... Big time. Big time. And I mean, I think that when you look at a producer's book of business, you want to understand, was that organically grown by that producer? Was that referred to from another producer to that producer? Was that rate increases? And so, you know, it became a very big learning point for me in 2005 when the recession hit. At the agency I was with, we were growing like gangbusters on the revenue side, but we didn't realize we were losing clients. Well, the recession hit, and immediately we just started taking 20% decreases because we had lost a lot of clients. And then the workers' comp stuff happened, and construction went out and all this. And so right. that's really what drove us into analytics is to determine where is this money going. You know? Yeah, and I think that's really a key comment you made. We Our revenue was growing, but we were losing clients. Mm-hmm. And not having visibility into that number or that that activity or what's going on in the agency really put the agency at risk at that point, right? Yeah, and I think that, I mean, if you have a growth projection of 10%, you don't know what your retention is, it's very difficult, right? Because if you're losing 5%, you actually have to grow 15%. Exactly. So this is something that I feel like if an agency spends the time and the energy to get right, it pays off in spades. So let's go back. I, I sort of asked the question, I don't think we've expanded it enough yet. How do you measure retention? And I know agencies are all over the board right. in terms of what they look at. And I've written a lot of retention reports. And so one of the things that I've uh, that I found quickly is I, I can't uh, depend on human coding in the system to do that. So I use something called snapshot logic. I just look at where were we January 1 and where are we today? And then I just run three calculations against that. And the the business that I had January 1 that I still have today, that's retained business. It may be reduced in revenue, but we reflect that organic change for each person and then rolls up to the the departments and rolls up to the C-levels. So to me, a retained account is an account that I had January 1 and I have today. Even if they had 20 policies January 1 and they only have one policy today, I retain that account, but I may have taken a $300,000 loss on it. Right. So So that's only one metric, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the others... You're talking policy and client. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're... So policy count, so PIF, right? Policy enforced. That's right. Actual clients. That's right. And then revenue. 
Yeah. So those are the three? They are. We, we really use revenue as the primary driver because you can take one policy or you can take four policies and you can roll into one. And so you might actually take a reduction in policy count, but an increase in revenue. I definitely think that you have to do policy count to some extent because it might be an indicator of a client that's about to leave you. If they move all their business except workers' comp, it's something you might want to know so you can say, oh, man, you know, we're, we're going to lose this. Mm-hmm. But if you, have your, if you have that calculation done correctly, it's very easy to see. They were at $200,000 last year, and today they're at $20,000. We need to figure out why that is. Oh, it's because they've reduced their policy count by 15 or 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, we do look at that. I look at client revenue much more than policy count. It's an easier metric. And do you do any reconciliation with carrier information? We do. I mean, we, we check it at the end of the policy term. And we also have on our, on our direct bill stuff, we have a time variance report. So if we're 65% through the policy term and we haven't collected 50% of the ex- expected revenue, then that throws an audit to accounting, and accounting then can follow up and figure out why that is. Was there a reduction in, in exposure? Is a carrier just not paying us correctly? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things producers carry around with them is a lack of faith that they're getting paid the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. And so one of our goals in, in technology is to provide them a mechanism of trust so they don't have to worry about that. So they can worry about bringing on new business. We're going to give you all the tools you need to, to ensure that you're getting paid the, the, what you should be paid. Uncontrollable factors. We had talked about that when we were talking about mm-hmm. putting this episode together. Um, and certainly for loss business, so we haven't talked much about loss business, but measuring that. And there are a lot of factors that go into why you lose an account. That's right. right. Why you lose. And again, you mentioned you could be losing policies even though, quote, you still have the account, but that's an indicator that you'd want to know and have some metric in place. But it could be price reductions, right, soft market. It could be M&A activity on the client side. Right. Uh, really both ways. So they acquire, so growth, or they are acquired and leave because now they're rolled into the master program that you have no control over. Not a lot you can do about some of that, is there? There's not. I mean, the the main thing I think is identifying it. It's funny because when most principals talk to me about retention, they're typically wanting to assess some form of culpability for the loss. And I generally tell people to shy away from that. You know, understand what you don't, the money that you had yesterday that you don't have today so you can shore that up. Don't try to assess blame um, because there are so many factors in that. So I think because you really decomplicate retention if you don't worry about why it was lost. You have to go back and kind of understand that to see if there's a trend there. But typically you don't see these lost for service issues. It's rare at least. Agencies today, their service is at least adequate enough to maintain the majority of these accounts. I think that you've got to understand what you're losing, though, from both the net change in retained business and the overall lost business, because you cannot determine or project what your growth is going to be if you don't if you don't see that. Yeah, I think I think placing blame, and I would say understand why business left, and it may highlight an issue with either a particular. <laughs> Uh, account executive or something. But that, again, I think that's relatively rare, um, but could be an indicator that you want to pay a little bit of attention to. I'm also wondering, looking at lost business, to identify process problems. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a quick story. Small agency, probably 30 or 40 people, um, I would say progressive in terms of their use of technology, sent me an email. This was um, uh, earlier last year 
basically said they had lost three longtime personal lines accounts. And Perfect Account went back and looked at all the what happened. They didn't know about it until after the policies had already been placed someplace else. They were getting cancellation notices. Went back. They were paid on time, didn't have claims, didn't have changes. We never talked to them. Mm. They were, quote, the perfect client. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what highlighted this agency owner was that's a process problem, that's that right. we haven't stayed in touch with those clients because they didn't have any issues, that they needed to contact us, so we're not being proactive enough. That prompted a, uh, a really looking at, okay, how can we build systems in? So I think that's an advantage of looking at lost accounts uh, if it's something that just seems out of normal and unusual. I guess respond to this, it's harder the bigger the agency gets to do that. Is that would you agree with that? I, I definitely would. I there's just more there's more out there. I, I do think that it, you know your story it ties into something directly that that we've worked on. You know, we recognized that we had an 88 87% retention in personal lines in 2015 and you know one of our goals was to figure out why that was well that was because we weren't being proactive enough as you indicated on the renewal the client was getting the renewal before we were contacting them because in personal lines typically it's it's higher transactional stuff correct so they were getting you know 20% increases without us being able to talk to them well working with some technology and some outsourcing we were able to create a process that we were proactively able to go into the carrier system the second the renewal was ready bring down that renewing premium anything that was above a 12% increase we then ran through a more a remarketing workflow mm-hmm. And anything that was less than that, then we just kind of let flow. We saw our retention in one year go from 87 to 94, 95%. I mean... A huge jump in retention. Gigantic. Huge. Gigantic. I mean, it it really... It's really hard to do, actually. It is. And it was a direct correlation to the workflow process that we put in place from an account manager that had helped kind of identify some of these reasons. And then how do we create this mechanism that was scalable, right? Right. But it, it was a success story that then I could use on other uh, other uh, departments. Departments, and, mm-hmm. yeah. And most agency owners I talk to always have a retention ratio of 95, 96, 97, that's 98, right. right? And I always question that. That's right. Um, well, I mean, and that's that's where your that's where your buckets get into play. Like, what is that? When you say a ninety five percent retention ratio, how is that principle getting to that number? Is that you know, where are they looking for that? Once you drill back that a little bit, there's not a whole lot of faith there. You know, it's just something that they they think that that's what it is. So wrapping up, any suggestions, maybe a couple things that uh, listeners could do right now just to get a better handle on measuring their book, basically. The best thing that you can do as an agency today is to get where you were on January 1 of this year. Typically, agencies aren't great at data, but they do know what their active book is pretty effectively. So if you could just get a list of what your active book looked like January 1, and then you can get a list of what your book looks like today, you can do all of this in Excel. It's Mm -hmm. pretty straightforward to do this in Excel to create those three buckets. It's not high tech. All you're doing is saying, what don't we have that we did? What do we have that we don't? And what stayed the same? And what was the revenue change? And so if our listeners go out there and figure out how they get that book of business from January 1, that's a huge step in the right direction. Just put that aside. That's a snapshot that you can use going forward. And that will allow you to determine your growth throughout the year and what you've lost. Even if your revenue numbers are wrong, you can still figure out the clients that you're losing. Yeah. And 
a great first step to get a better handle on uh, understanding where your organization is. And it's so easy. It really is. Every agency that's listened to this has an ability to get that what their active, what their enforced policies are today. And if you can go back in January 1, get your enforced policies, you'll be set for the year. You could run that quarterly and really have an understanding of what you've lost. A great idea, a great way to have some practical application. Ryan, it's been great talking today on uh, agency growth and measuring it and figuring out what that actually means. Thank you for having me in. Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's fun. That's right. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Digital Broker with Steve and Ryan. Let us know what you think and send us your questions by emailing us at digitalbroker at useindio.com. That's U-S-E-I-N-D-I-O. Also, please leave us a review on whatever platform you use to get this podcast. It really does help. Thanks, and have a great day. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Please send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio provides insurance agents and brokers a fully digital application, renewal, and accord submission process, creating a first-rate client experience. With less time needed to collect, rekey, and process applications, agencies using Indio can deliver more value to their clients. To learn more, go to www.useindio.com.